Last week we had a look at can God trust you with everything? And my question is can He trust you with everything? Can He trust you even in the hard times of life? Can He trust you when you're perplexed and you're in despair, but you're not crushed? You don't give up and give up on Him? Or is it in the easy times you forget about Him? In the hard times you only run to Him? I want to encourage you to go and listen to that if you were not with us last week. Who of you here have had a prophetic word over your life and you had it many years ago and it's still not come to pass? Please put up your hands. Oh, there's one. Oh, there's two. There's a few. Okay, only a couple of us. Okay, who of you have had God speak to you many years ago about things he's going to do through your, in your in your life, on your family's, li- family's life, and it's still not happened. Put up your hand right now. All of you that have had that. Come on. I want to see. You, God doesn't speak to you guys. Eh? Put up your hands. Surely more, uh, more of you have had God speak to you. What about, what about some of you that have still not had it? I've had something God said to me th- more than 30 years ago. It's still not happened. Hello? Hello? More than 30 years ago. My title this morning is, can you, trust, uh, can you Trust God With Everything? What's your answer? Yes. Excuse me? Yes. Excuse me? Yes. Excuse me? Is it true? Yes. Uh, I wonder when it's 30 years, if you start having a speed wobble and think, let me help you God, because maybe He's not God and I am. And many of you thinking, but I can't relate to what you're saying. The problem is, it's the truth in most of our lives. Sorry, sorry. All of our lives. God makes us a promise. It takes so long and we think, let me help you, God, fulfill your promise. Because surely you have forgotten the promise you made to me. There was once upon a time this little four-year-old girl and uh, she spilled some coffee on the, on the floor and uh, her mom said, oh, just run, just go outside the kitchen door, there's a, there's a mop, you can just get that and mop it up. Okay, mommy, runs to the door, opens the door, oh, it's dark. Comes back in, mommy, 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 it's too dark out there, I can't go out there. Ach, oh, man, what's your problem? Jesus is everywhere, no problem, man. So the little kid enthusiast, okay, no problem, great, goes out there and picks out and sees the dog again and says, uh, Jesus, if you're out there, please pay, hand me the mop. Can you trust God with everything? What's the answer? Okay, now I'm going to swing it. Do you trust God in everything? We can and we should trust Him in everything. The question, however, is do you trust Him? With everything. Do you? You try to. Who of you are so tempted to take the steering wheel of your life and say, Lord, let me help you. This is going this way and it needs to go this way. Ah, dear, some of you still don't understand. My first point this morning, when God makes a promise, just believe. Don't question it. Just believe. Just believe. God said it, that settles it, there's no negotiating, it'll happen. Right? And that is how we to live. Yet so often God promises things, and we don't 
genuinely. We say, yes, I trust God and I believe. But in reality, when the popo hits the fan, if we're really honest with ourselves, we don't. Okay, you can't relate. Okay, then I'll share it from a Bible character. Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3. Would you read with me? The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, says God. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Wow! What a promise, hey? And just by the way, he was not the greatest of guys, okay? He was into pagan worship and that, then God called him. But we're not going to get into that, otherwise it's going to be too long. But how amazing is that? Who of you would be absolutely blessed out of your cotton-picking socks if you got this promise? He gets this promise from God. And what do you think? Do you think he took it to heart? Yes, he did. He took it to heart. And he became a godly man. However, ten years passed. Sorry. When God says, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. What did that mean? He has to have a son. Why? To carry on his lineage. Right? Okay? That's self-explanatory for all of us. Right. Now, what happens? Ten years later, still no kid. He's now... He's what, uh, 85 years old. Who of you at 85 years old would have given up on God? Please put up your hand. Let's be honest. Uh, Who of you would would have given up on God? Uh, Who would like to have a kid at 86 years old? Because now he's 85. Who of you would like to have a kid at 86? Okay, his wife was 10 years younger. Let's just drop it by a decade. Still, 76. Who would like a kid at 76 years old? Woman, please put up your hand. Any of you? Not one volunteer. Oh, hat. God made him this incredible promise. He's he's now 85 years old and his wife comes to him at 75 years old and says, "Um, Abraham, man, we've been trying. I'm exhausted. And this is still not happening. And if you understood the culture of the time, a woman's identity was in what? Her ability to bear children and to produce. Okay? And yes, she still is barren. No child. So what does is, what is, what is she do? She brings her maidservant... And this is where you will see, if you go and study it, Abraham trying to do things in his own strength, not listening to God, goes to Egypt, ends up getting a maidservant there, comes back and he excuses him. But now he's got a maidservant by the name of Hagar. Sarah comes to Abraham and says, let's help God fulfill his promise. Hello? How many times have you tried to help God fulfill the promises he's made to you? Come on. Look, look, God, this is now 30 years. I think I better start helping you. Honestly, I've been made promises over 30 years ago. It's still not happened. Will it happen now? 
can I trust God explicitly or do I need to now help him? Give him a little helping hand. Sarah comes and says, here's my maidservant. Why don't you have a child with her and I can have a family, a lineage through her? And what did Abraham say? Oh, no, no, no. Why? Because we are so self-indulgent. We want more. So don't go and just blame the woman, by the way, which we so so easy and inclined to do. Blame others for the choices that we make. I, 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 I put a one-liner there. Choose to trust God even when it does not make sense. Does it make sense if you're a man of 85 years old to now still want a child? Would you like a, a son at your age? Would you? Are you, 80, are you 85 yet? Not even there yet. But you think you're old. Hello. What did he think he was then? <laughs> I didn't say it. That's it. You think it. <laughs> Point two. Don't try to help God fulfill his purpose and his promise. Don't do it. Don't do it. And yet we so often try. If you're going to be honest and you're going to look at your life, you're going to be shocked. And how often we try to help God. Genesis 16, 1-6 says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him a child. Sorry, no ch- ch- children. But she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. We're going to just read it so you see it's in the Bible. So she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me. She, look what she does. She adds God into the mix. The Lord has kept me from having children. <laughs> Who gives you a child? Hello? From where does a child come? The blessing of God, right? She says, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed with what Sarah said. So after Abraham had lived in Canaan ten years, ten years, ten years, ten years, okay, Sarah's wife took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar and gave her to her husband, to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she, when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Interesting, hey? Then Sarah said to Abraham, You are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. <laughs> Isn't it so true how we shift the blame, hey? I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. (laughs) Verse 6, your servant is in your hands, and Abraham is a cop-out. Abraham said, do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Interesting story, hey? Sarah gives, say, sleep with her. And what happens? She bears a child at the age, Abraham was at that point 86 years old. He becomes a father for the first time. At 86 years old. How awesome is that? But, this was through man trying to help God fulfill his purpose and like I said last week if you want to make God laugh tell him your 
plans. Because the Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that prevails. We need to say, Lord, what is your purpose that I can plan accordingly? Not, hey, Lord, these are my plans. Come, let me show you what we're going to do here. So that I can help you accomplish this in my life. Or in my children's life. Do you understand the picture? Can you see some of the times where you've tried to help the hand of God? And what ends up happening? Hagar falls pregnant and has a child by the name of Ishmael. For those of you that are not aware, the Arab nations come from his history. Tell me, was this the perfect plan of God? This is what we call the permissive plan of God. Okay? This was not in the plan of God. However, can God use it? Can God still bless our sinful behavior and the results that come from it? We will always live with the consequence. However, a child is still a blessing. The problem is, however, if you do not break that generational sin, it will perpetuate. And it still perpetuates to this day. Ishmael still fights today. And God said to her, because she ran away, and God says, where are you going and where was she going if you go and study it a bit? She was actually on her way back to Egypt. God says, hey, where are you going? Do you know some other places where God says, uh, where are you? Does God know all things? Yes. Why does he ask it then? Why does he go to in the Garden of Eden and he says, Adam and Eve, where are you? Did he not know where they were? Yeah. Yes, of course he did. He wants us to take a step back. That we can start thinking, what on earth are you up to? And sometimes God has to say, hey, what are you up to? And I pray that God will ask you, if need be, what are you up to when you start to try and help him fulfill his plans? Instead of you just going in the slipstream of his plans for you and do whatever he says. Who of you would have thought, ah, here I'm 86, get my son Wow, God hears. That is what Ishmael means, God hears. Okay? God has answered my prayers, here goes my lineage. Who would have thought now, we've helped God, we've done our thing, Shana now, now I, you can take me home. Who would have thought like that? You would have started maybe thinking like that. Yet God had made a promise through your life. I will bless all nations. And when God some, says something, that settles it. End of story. God is not a man that he should lie. And we need to get to a point that no matter what he says, Lord, I choose to trust you implicitly and I would know not, even though I'm so tempted to take the steering wheel and help you, I will not. Do you think I've not been tempted to leave you and go and plant big churches? In I've been told by many people that have come, even visiting pastor, people that come here, that are in big congregations, you wasted here. I cannot tell you how many people that are in big congregations have said, what on earth are you doing in this place? You should be in the cities. Numerous times. And I've just said, God not told me to do that. I will not do what he doesn't tell me to do. I can manipulate things, which we so often do. Can we? Yes. Are you in the permissive world then, or are you in the perfect world? 
I do not want to live in the permissive will of God. I want to live in the perfect will of God. And every single day we have a choice to make. Are we going to live in the permissive or the perfect will of God? Had Sarah born a child? No. God makes a promise. And when he says it, it'll happen. At the age of what? 90 years old. She bears a child. Anyone 90 here? I don't think one person is here 90. 90 years old. Imagine bearing a child. How do you? 91. How would you like to have your first child at your age? Please, no. <laughs> 90. She has her first child. Wow. How awesome is that? Hey? God makes a promise. Okay? 25 years later it comes to fulfillment. 25 years later. Okay, now I want to just deviate because I feel I need to. I want to just take a detour and come back. At 86, Abraham has his first child through Hagar, the maidservant, right? Had they given up him and Sarah having a child? I'll repeat it. Had Abraham and Sarah given up on ever having a child? Yes, of course. Why do you think they put Hagar in in place? Say, please have it through Hagar. I'm I'm barren. I'm never going to have. God has withheld me from having a child. Hello. That was when he was 86. He, he, the promise was fulfilled when he was a hundred. That is fifteen years later. Hello, hello, are you with me? Did they believe they would ever fall pregnant? No, otherwise they wouldn't have asked Hagar to step in. For fifteen years, however, he practiced. <laughs> hello, and he still had good fun and enjoyed his wife. No, do this. God gave you your spouse to enjoy her till the day takes you home. And may you practice even though you may think you're barren. Or unable. And imp- or, uh, unable. Who of you would like to have the virility of Abraham? <laughs> even I would. I'm thinking, whoa, man. You know, Lord, help me. <laughs> hey? Imagine having that type of virility at a hundred. Man. Even I'm on the decline. I say, oh Lord, please help me. (laughs) Hey? Can you believe it? He enjoyed Sarah. Even at the age of 99. Because when he was a hundred, he had the child. So even at a hundred, he was still enjoying his wife. May you never stop. Enjoying your spouse sexually. For that is part of God's plan and purpose. To keep you knitted together. So that Satan, the evil one, will not tempt you beyond your lack of self-control, says Paul. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that people even in the church are falling. Because of this, we withhold ourselves from our spouse. Don't you dare do that. Hello? Even when you are 100 years old, do not withhold yourself from your spouse. 
And if you have sexual issues in your life, go and get counseling and get sorted out. Go and do ancient paths one, go and do ancient paths two, get that sorted out in your life that God can take you and make you whole, that you can give yourself completely to your spouse. My wife and I enjoy ourselves because we're whole and we can give ourselves completely to each other. And eliminates the temptation of the world out there. Right, let's come back. Hundred years old. Hundred. Imagine you are eighty-nine years old, and uh, well, yeah, eighty-nine, and you say, "What? What the heck's going on here? Something's not happening that should have happened last month." Ooh, next next month. Oh, it's slow. Whoa, Abraham, you you better come check this out, China Beam. I think something's happened here. You are the man. Or should I say, God is. God. And we are not. At 90 years old, she bears Isaac. And through Isaac, we have the Savior of the world born, who is a blessing. To every person, every nation in this world today. Should you choose to accept him into your heart and life. He will bless you beyond your cotton picking socks. Beyond your wildest imagination. However, the choice is yours. How many times in our lives do we choose to help God. And we end up in the permissive will of God. And we give birth to Ishmael. Meanwhile, God had planned that we give birth to an Isaac, the perfect plan of God. Yet he says, I will still bless you. Do you think Abraham hired heartache because of it? Yes, he had to live with the consequence of his action. However, he says, I will bless you, Ishmael. You're not the mistake. This choice was the mistake. Right? And to this day, because of the issues, undoubted with issues in the heart of Ishmael, the Arab nations and Israel are still fighting to this very day. And where it was spoken of Ishmael, and you will fight and you will always be a fighter. And could that have been broken? Yes, it could have. But was it ever? No. That's why it's so crucial that we break issues in our lives that shouldn't be there and sin in our lives and cut them off out of our life and our lineage and in our children's line. Otherwise it will carry on to a thousand generations, the Bible says. Third and the fourth and the fifth generation. All people on the earth will be blessed through you. And at a hundred years of age, God fulfills the promise to Abraham. Wow. If God said it, that settles it. I choose to believe it without question. And I'm not going to try and help God. May we stop trying to help God fulfill his promises. Whether it be through prophetic word over your life. Whether it's him speaking straight into our lives. Do not try to help God fulfill his promise. Just get into the slipstream. Say, Lord, you want me to do this? Yes, sir. This? No, sir. 
Fine. God is never late, but always on time. Even at a hundred years of age. Our, our plans often fail, but God's purpose never ever fails. And this Ishmael should never have happened. Because God was still going to fulfill his promise. But so often we become disillusioned and despondent. And we get into a point of despair and thinking this is just never going to happen. Lord, let me help you. May you never ever say, the Lord has caused me to be better ever again. May you never say, the Lord has caused this me going bankrupt. The Lord has caused me not to this or not. Don't do that. When we do that, we must know we have a wrong perception and understanding of the character and the heart of God. And if you are barren in whatever area of your life, I'm not just talking having bearing child, I'm talking in finances or doing a business or whatever. Whatever area that you feel that you are barren, don't blame God for it. Go to God and say, Lord, I pray that you would impregnate me with whatever. And Lord, that you would bring your fulfillment in this area. You have promised this in my life and I trust you implicitly and explicitly for this to be fulfilled. And I know you can do it and I know you will do it. Would you come and intervene? Please don't make me wait 25 years. Be gracious with me. But even if he makes you wait 20 years, even if he makes you wait 40 years, how long were the Egyptians in Egypt? 40 years. Say, Lord, I don't want... In, yeah, 200, sorry, and in, and in the desert for 40 years. Don't, say, Lord, please do not allow a whole generation to pass. Can you speed it up? Just because you can't to me. Not because I deserve it. Will you do that? Would you go and you repent in your heart right now and say, Lord, where I have taken the steering wheel of my life and the promises and I've tried to intervene and help you fulfill the plan for my life. Would you forgive me right now? It is sin. Let's call it what it is. What Hagar, I mean what Sarah did with, with Abraham and Hagar was sinful. However, they both, all three of them, chose to, all of them. So don't we, don't, we need to stop saying, yeah, but if you had not done this, and if you, no, 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 whoa, 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 stop that nonsense. Stop pointing fingers, accept blame and responsibility and say, Lord, forgive me. Amen? And I want to encourage you right now. Make right with God so that he can allow the Isaac to come forth in your life. Come, let's pray. Precious Father God, we come before you, every single one of us, in humility. We come before you in repentance and say, Lord, so we are so sorry for trying to take the reins of our life and help you in this regard in my life. And you speak to him. Thank you, Jesus, for the day of new beginnings. Thank you that a new, new day dawns in our life. Lord, I pray that the consequence of our wrong choices, of our sinful choices, you would just lessen them, or should I say even make them easier to bear. 
because we have your Holy Spirit at our side to comfort us and guide and lead us. And I pray that you would invigorate our bodies in all areas, that we would have the virility, not just sexually, but in all areas of our life. And energy to accomplish great things for you and for your name's sake. Thank you that you have called each and every one of us by name. That you have handpicked us for such a time as this. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you had planned that all nations of the earth would be blessed through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, because you're such a blessing to us, we want to be a blessing to others. Would you come and transform us, mold us, use us for your name and your kingdom's sake? But we understand for that to happen, we need to take, take our hands of the steering wheel of our lives and let go and let God. For you are God and we are not. We acknowledge that. And we acknowledge you as our God and as our King. As our director and the leader of our lives. We submit to you from this day forth in all areas of our life. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. 